3: Good evening, everyone. Welcome along. Monday night, 8pm. This is the Live Lounge, episode 112. Not out. Myself, Phil Bars, Jack Garwood and Dan Simpson is in because Boise is off for his checkup. <laughs>
4: it's his birthday, you
2: tight fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't want to spend it with all of you. What a guy.
3: Instead, he's gone to watch the snooker, watch them protesting about oil and chucking sand or whatever it is all over the table. Bless him.
4: <laughs> Fair patron. <play, Jim.
3: laughs> um, uh, But welcome along, everyone. A new funky little intro as well, boys. Did you enjoy it?
4: Love
2: that. Love that. Top work.
3: No, something, something a bit different. Um, chat room is nice and busy, as always. Uh, James was first in. With the old Barney Army, yeah, we'll talk about that later on. He had a he had a good day qualifying for Euro Tours. Uh Tommy is in. Owen, Jack, Daniel, Tommy Bright, uh, Craig, James, Alex, Andrew, Paddy, Matt. I like this one. We just got YouTube user with good evening. Fan.
4: Yeah, he can't get his name to change.
3: Oh, bless him. You like right, that, Or Smithy Junior? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are we doing, Will? Hope you are good, mate. Uh, yep, Luke the Nuke will be joining us around quarter past eight. Um, good day for the Dutch, it was. No, you know I play, and I are not playing. It's his birthday. Bless him. He's gone to watch the snooker. Uh, Matt is in I'm doing Andrew are we doing Lendl, and good evening that goes through them oh uh some weekend of Darts boys let's be brutally honest um just doesn't stop right now plenty to talk about Gezi's domination continues in the Premier League in terms of we'll, we'll come on to it more but in terms of just nightly performances. That's like one of the best nights of darts we've ever seen from an individual.
2: Yeah, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? It was a, it was a bit of a pleasure to be honest. Cam and I doing the the fallout afterwards, um, and it was you know when you, you sort of run out of adjectives, don't you? you? Run out of nice things to say. Certainly when they play three times in a night, and I, and you know I appreciate he potentially ran out of steam. The, you know the last game, the final wasn't quite the standard that we'd seen earlier, but how on earth could it be? because um, what we saw earlier in the night was was quite a special evening of darts from from the Welshman.
3: Uh, yeah, then from there, obviously we have pro tour action, the top four in the world all took the weekend off. Uh, MBG had a couple of exhibitions, then went home to do some family time. Uh, Gezi sunning himself in Tenerife with the family. Michael Smith were living it up in Vegas, getting a daily Star story. And Peter Wright enjoying some
4: time at home. A great journalism from the Daily
3: Star. World. I was—I was, was going to say the, the the Daily Star. You—you you can tell they must be bored. In the last two days, of all the dark stories you could run, not Gezi's blistering form, whatever we've got, Smithy enjoying the first time he's at time to enjoy some time off since the worlds in Vegas with a cigar, with um some rather attractive bikini-clad girls around the pool was the story, and the other one was Lily, one of the PEC dancers that did loads last year, but she's had other commitments. Posted an Instagram story of along the lines of last day in the bikini, can't wait to meet up with the girls again. And they made a story out of that as well. You know, for, for, forget the darts. Yeah, I wouldn't
4: I wouldn't wouldn't, stupid.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not it's not, it's not, not the times, is it? You know, it's not, it's not, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it, 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 you might as well be saying, yeah, the Beano didn't do a lot of hard-hitting content this week, did they? <laughs>
3: <laughs> does the Daily Star not grace your table in the morning, Dan? No, it
2: certainly <laughs> does not, no, no, it's, um... It's not. In fact, I don't even think we. I, I'm not. I, I don't think the village post office would stock such a thing. I don't think. Uh... <laughs> no red tops allowed. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> um, I'm One
4: guessing it's is- allowed anywhere, but that's for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very much
3: a football show as well, is it today? <laughs> Absolutely not.
4: <laughs> Depends how where well the screen goes throughout the evening.
2: Yeah, not not good for our teams, Dan, was it? That's for sure. Well, it, the only thing, the only thing where, the only good thing that happened at the weekend was each other's team lost. Like, essentially, us losing and you losing is exactly the same as both teams winning. Like, it, it's, it makes no difference, does it? As long as the other one doesn't win.
3: No, absolutely. Um, We'll start with the seniors as well, God, because that was plenty of action in Reading this week. The final qualifying for the Masters took place, uh, two qualifiers, and the money list and the order of merit was decided.
4: Standard, Richie Housen makes it. Yeah, I mean, look, Richie was pretty much solidly stuck in a long, long time ago. The man's won an awful lot of money this year throughout the seniors. Um. But if he'd won anything else, then that position would have changed and, and gone further down. So wasn't as, as well shouted from the rooftop, shall we say. But, um, yeah, look, another great weekend. Um, Robert Rickwood picking up the Friday night ranking title. Um, I think most players would trade one of those in for a qualifying spot, but that's not quite how it works. Mace has, has been there and done that on a Friday previously. Um, and then for out the weekend, Dennis Harbour, superb again. Um Qualified first weekend in Reading for the World for the world Championship uh, back in November, the first event he played in. Um, didn't play in Blackpool, rocks up here for only one day, knowing he's off to play county on the Sunday for Cambridge Sheeran and puts himself in the Masters as well. It, it, it's staggering, to be honest, the fact that he, he's played so little but has put himself in two TV events already. Um, he's not... I know it's the seniors and I don't know it's pretty much the, the comments you made about everybody. But Dennis is on the older side of the players in the room as well. So the fact he's still rocking up and, and doing it over the distance that these qualifiers are, best of nines and 11s in the final, they're still decent slogs of days. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Dan, I was going to read you the 16
3: names that we will have at this year's Seniors Masters. David Cameron, Robert Thornton, Leonard Gates, Phil Taylor, Martin Adams, Trina Gulliver, John Park, Bob Anderson... Kevin Painter, Neil Duff, Mark Dubbridge, Chris Mason, Ritchie House, and Colin McGarry, Dennis Harbour, and Mark McGeaney.
2: That's some lineup to determine who will be the master. It is very, very. I mean, it's I have come I didn't sort of. I suppose I, like, like, I found the seniors sort through, through you guys. It wasn't wasn't someone I'd naturally been attracted to, but I have I have found myself sort of deeply engrossed it now it's sort of as much as any other darts and like coming to see it in blackpool i thought was amazing like a genuinely amazing event like brilliantly organized atmosphere was amazing the darts was brilliant i'm i'm gutted yorville is a very very long way from where from where i am um like totally gutted about it because because it's it's a long way everybody is
3: and i just
2: oh (laughs) it's a one for me but it's just, but even the lineup there. I mean, we know that we know there's obviously huge names, like massive, massive players in there. Um, really good, I think. You know, like it, it, it's brilliant for the telly. It's brilliant for just darts in general because the socials fire up because of such big names. But I also think there's players in there with so much more to give. Right across all aspects of the game, you know, we've seen some really, really good stuff from from Leonard Gates this year. I think David Cameron's got got loads more um, to give. I, I just, I think there's, there's loads. I, it's thoroughly, thoroughly exciting, now. and what a lineup that is, isn't it? What Are you, a set of names. It,
4: it, it, I like the, the quality. I spend a lot of time with the seniors. I do all the qualifying events and and, and, and help out at that side as well. So I get to know. A lot of the wider tour that perhaps you guys at home haven't seen yet through TV events. It's nice to see some of those players recurring. There, like I know just how dangerous Colin McGarry is, and that wasn't the Colin McGarry that we see at the qualifiers and at the floor events. That played against Phil Taylor at the Circus Tavern. I didn't interview him. It will drop in tomorrow. Where he's like, I got my preparation wrong, completely wrong. And if he gets that right, he's a threat for this title. Richie House, look back-to-back finals different mentality going into this one it has to be now because the last two have just been I'm a pub player trying to steal a couple of quid off people I, I'm not buying that line anymore I've told you him can you can know, only make uh, sure when you back in to your finals. Finals. <laughs> interest, you're a pub player just not happening but Mark McGuini on the final day he was the only player to make the quarterfinals on both days on Saturday and Sunday the final he was exceptional against Eddie Lovely Eddie Lovely banged in 109 average on a Friday night albeit in a, in a best of format rather than best of nine or best of 11 but just he beat some very very dangerous very very capable players pretty comfortably on the Sunday he took out Mike Huntley 5-0 in the quarterfinals I don't think he dropped many legs in the semis um the final was pretty one-sided he just got on a roll and at one point it 180 in the first leg 180 in the second leg 180 in the third leg the fourth leg he didn't hit 180 but he banged at a 170 checkout for a 12 darter instead you're like the sheer consistency of Mark McGeeney this weekend will frighten a lot of the players in that tournament. Yeah,
3: it's it's and, and look, some of the other names as well that, again, maybe not consistently, but over a weekend, Mark Dubridge can hook it up. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've seen that at the Super Series, he goes berserk for a few days and then and then maybe
4: maybe drops off um, a, a little bit, but. And he- he was there this weekend. He played some very good darts at times, beaten by Derek Coulson on the Sunday, I think. Who is another player that, unless you're familiar with, his, his amateur game. You won't have seen of him, but I could tell you right now that his scoring power is right up there with some of the best I've seen on the pro tour. At times, it's ridiculous. Don't worry, we will.
3: Um, I, I must admit I didn't see much today. Was Kev Rock in a radical new setup? to be honest, I forgot that even was on today. I'll, I'll try and have a look at some point. No, I must admit, I didn't see see much of it um, today at all. And look, Neil Duff in there as well. Look, the, the, the talking point for me is, is around Phil because he's always had this aura around him. I think that's well and truly gone now. And if you're... One of the non-seeds,
2: you will fancy it. Do th- you think it's got it, it's gone um, in terms of like just sort of it's gone in terms of the other players? I don't think it's gone. Like being in that room in Blackpool when he came out to play, like the half the crowd was completely breathless. But I do oh. think that, that the players know he can be got at. Like they know that if they get up, you know, if they get into it, and it's also whether or not he's got the motivation in him to come back if he goes behind, you know, if if they get ahead, like how much real fight and desperation has he got in him, in order to you know claw it back and really dig in? Um, I I do think I, I agree. I think there'll be players in those
4: events that that won't be devastated if they draw him. And to a certain extent, I know I said that I spoke to Colin, and in the interview, he says he got his preparation wrong, but I still think there was an element to some of those players that, that are still a little bit not, not standoffish, but there's still a lot of respect there. You know, how v- when Van Gogh first started celebrating, it irked an awful lot of people, but he refused to do it towards Barney because he said he had too much respect to it, to Barney. I still think there's an element of that. The Colin McGarriano, when he bangs in a Tom plus checkout, Will shout boom baby at the top of his voice didn't see that at the tavern so I still think there's an element of some of those players will respect Phil an awful lot and that means that you can be caught out caught. Leonard Gates in Blackpool there's an argument Phil should have beat Leonard despite the fact he was 10 points lower than him in the averages for a large part of that game he had chances and when it got tight towards the back end I think Phil missed four darts at double yeah and Gates went on to win the title so look, Let's not write him off as somebody who is. Oh, he's the he's the he's the he's the go-to draw right now, because at any moment, if Phil Taylor rocks up, Phil Taylor will do damage. No, I don't.
2: I don't think he's the. I don't think he's the draw that that people want. I, no. I just think that there's probably five or six players that you would want less than him.
4: Depending yeah. on what
2: side of the draw you're on, yeah,
3: yeah, oh, completely. Um, but look, it, it's interesting. The draw is going to be live tomorrow, five pm on our channel. Um, oh, that's exciting! I didn't know that. That's exciting. That's a free work early. And up until about half an hour ago, whatever it was, I'm I'm doing one of the um one of the bags of balls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Get in.
3: So they can blame me, literally going old school, two bags of balls, seeds and non-seeds, pulling them out. None of this, just in draw bracket order.
2: Love that. Um,
3: and it's live. I was about to say, I was waiting for it to come up, because there's a comment come up on my one of my screens before this one. Yes, a live draw. <laughs>
0: That's so cool.
3: That's one of my critical parts about any sport when draws aren't live.
2: Every draw for every sport should always be live, it should always be televised or recorded or streamed in some way.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, with technology, there's no
2: reason for it not to be. Yeah, there's no excuse, is there? Absolutely no excuse at all to just throw some matches on there because you are constantly leaving yourself open to everyone in the world just pointing the finger and rolling their eyes. If you just throw some you know, a, a big bracket up and say, "Oh, by the way, we did this in the office this afternoon. This is what came out."
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you still get people I'm that are <laughs> I've heard comments that are skeptical on the fact that Phil Taylor was genuinely drawn to play against the golden ticket player. It was on TV. You can't get much more live than that. <laughs> uh,
3: I'll tell you what, and as if by a little bit of magic, I'll just let him set his camera up so we can see him. Um, he's in the back end, ready to go.
4: Definitely not a senior.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> um, as if by magic, this gentleman needs no introduction, taking the world by storm at the moment. The one, the only. Mr. Luke Littler's in the house. How are we doing, buddy? Oh you've um that's it can you now, mate that working yeah how's you good get home all right it's a bit of a bit of a trek from from portsmouth back
0: home yeah about four and a half five hours
4: nice buddy nice um that feels a bit better with five grand in your back pocket though (laughs) does (laughs) not it i'm not sure about this choice of attire though i know we've got rid of Boise tonight but I'll be having that shirt on my show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, um, no, but welcome and thanks for joining us, mate. I know you're um you're gonna have to get used to these. I know you're a little uh, a shy lad at heart but we'll um we'll take it easy on you. Um, no first of all mate um super series did you enjoy it I know it's a bit of a, a bit something different something you haven't done before how did you how did you find it
0: uh, the first day was very weird playing Obviously I knew how Nathan and I knew Nathan and Alexander Merckx, I knew Kenny, but knew nothing of Alex and Steve Johnson who both beat me on the first day and then just shocked me. And then obviously day two I went four out of five and the last day somehow taught me group.
3: Yeah, look, it's been a hell of a ride for you and people forget that you're still only a kid in darting terms and, and everything like this and you
0: have to pinch yourself sometimes. What you've achieved in such a short space of time? Uh, yeah, what I've, what I've achieved is amazing for myself. I just, it's like when I, as soon as I won the super series, I just like just got ready and went back to the hotel, ordered some food, and went to bed. I don't really. I do reflect on it now and again, but it's just a just an achievement for myself.
3: Yeah, but I like that. Because we see in so many other sports, I'm not, and I'm not saying people shouldn't enjoy it, but people go the other way and go out and then celebrate pie. I'm I'm a, I'm, a big fan of that. I'm not going to lie. That's a mature head on very young shoulders. But we're not going to just talk about darts in general, because we're going to talk about everything. And that shirt on, you must be delighted with the way they're going at the moment.
0: Uh, yeah, we're not doing too bad, but we've just picked up a whole load of injuries.
4: Hang on, they don't count. They didn't count when we had 20 different centre-back pairings a couple of years ago. (laughs) My my heart
2: heart really bleeds.
4: (laughs) (laughs) This is literally the top four race right here as well, isn't it? Dan's Newcastle, Phil Spurs, Lucas United and Amir's.
2: It is, it's literally the race for the race. Right, for the have you country. just <laughs> to somehow sneak Liverpool into a conversation about the top four? Yep. What you want to <laughs> even, even
3: Luke's like, really? You, oh, you, 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 you can say it, and you can take the piss. They're shit, in they? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Uh, also, very well informed, and Gob's going to hate this as well, you're Gob's worst nightmare away from Bart's you like a little bit of resting like
4: me don't you uh
0: I did but I've not I've not really watched it Now he's grown obviously.
4: up Phil a 16 year old is more mature than you <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, hey, he's,
3: he's been to mania he's already ticked it off the list.
4: Good. Get it out of the way. And then you can focus on being an adult and playing darts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, uh, on on the wrestling darts crossover, league, we've been pitching the idea for a while. And I'm interested to see if you'd like to play in it. But a tournament along the lines of the Royal Rumble, where all players get to the venue the same time, you pick your number out, winner stays on, last man standing. Would you like that as a player or not? 100%.
4: Ah
2: oh, yes. It depends what number he draws as well, of course.
4: Yeah. if he gets drawn number
2: one, let's play 30 games. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like does it if if the certain amount of time passes, does someone else come in? you end up playing doubles and treble? Like, does they just keep make, like keep getting more and more of you? That's not a bad idea, to be fair. You need to work that out, Phil. You need to get your oh. pencil sharpened and get that sorted.
3: Oh, I tell you what, you've given me—you've given me more ideas here. Um, no, but um, going obviously back to the darts as well. Massive weekend; it doesn't stop for you, JDC, this weekend, and, and you've got a little bit of catching up to do, haven't you? Obviously, you missed the first JDC Advanced Tour because you're in the, in the Isle of Man, so you've, um, you've got a little bit of work to do.
0: Uh, yeah, obviously, the race for the top four, for the England team, is on. Obviously, I missed the first four. And then a few people won't be there because of England, Scotland and Wales international. So that should obviously boost me up. And obviously, if I win a few or win them all, then I'll be in a good spot when they come back for the last 4 Yeah, What's
4: look- it been like playing in that England team before, because I, I, um, I'm MC for Henry Coates at, at county level. Obviously, you've got Leighton in that side as well. You've just been dominant. Is, is it nice to just know that you've got... Quality around you that can push you on and and get you out of trouble just in case you do have that odd little
0: blip. Yeah, we all are, obviously if we lose a game or two, we'll just the other two will obviously try and win their game. But I think every JDC. I'm not being big-headed, but I think England are the we have the strongest side because there's just so many youngsters coming through at the minute. Yeah, on that see obviously...
3: The, the, the way it's gone and the way everyone is, you must be so proud to be spearheading these youngsters as well that, that are coming through because all eyes are now on the youth and, and the JDC that are coming through.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a brilliant thing what Steve Brown has done for the past majority of years. I started 2017, 2018 and then obviously it's become bigger and better. The prize money's got bigger and better. There's got the foundation tour for the youngsters who obviously look up to the older ones on the advanced tour, but it's all going on good As well,
3: the, the year couldn't have got off to a, a better start. First chance you got qualified for the UK Open. And what was that experience like going and playing on that main stage in Minehead?
0: Yeah, that was that was unbelievable. Obviously, I knew, and I heard a bit of what you were saying that Luke will be straight on in the main stage. And I was just <laughs> like... There, there we go. I, I love the stage. I love playing in front of a crowd. And then, obviously, to win an extra two games onto that was just a bonus. Yeah.
4: Did you prefer being up on the stage than you did being in board in the multi-board room when you played? is it Rich Edhouse you
0: played up there? Oh, yeah. I think the stage was much better because on the backboard, you just got loads of people just shouting there and there. And it's just total chaos on them back. Five or six boards.
3: You're not the only one that said that. Even Adrian Lewis and Nathan Aspinall, obviously same stable. He was like, "Give me a big name on that main stage, any day
2: than that McCartney." <laughs> it did. It looked even. I mean, the the setup from I I wasn't there. I was watching it through the various different streams that were on, and it did, it looked brilliant for fans. Like it looked like if you were there as a fan, you'd absolutely have the time of your life. But it looked complete carnage for for players. Certainly, if you are a player that likes to even to be able to distract yourself from the world a little bit and focus, it looked like complete chaos. As well, the Dev Tour debut this year, and currently you're
3: you're sat top taking the um the development tour, but by, by storm. What, what was it like walking through the doors for the first time? And did you feel all eyes were on you because you've been spoken about so much?
0: Uh, well, I just I just get on with it. I'm not I'm not one to be like I this or want that. I just go in there, throw me darts and let me darts do the talking. Obviously, I know loads of youth players' names. You got the likes of Gian and Dylan who've already got cards, and then obviously I'm above them at the minute, so it it does help me in a way because it'll just the next spot will drop down to the other players. So I think I'm in a really good spot. Going on to the next 15, 20 tours.
4: Did you did you expect to go in and have the impact you did on my dev Like I'm twenty eight now. I played there a few years ago. And it's just got even tougher since then. And to, to go in and have that impact in your first weekend, did, did did you imagine it would happen like that, or did you think it would be even more competitive than it
0: is? Um I would I said to myself, as long as I win one, I'll be happy with I'll be happy with the weekend, but to win two, to lose one, and then two quarterfinals is just an extra bonus. You mentioned the word "card." Is the
3: idea, the plan, to get it done on a Dev Tour to avoid the lottery that
0: is Q School? Obviously, I know that there is two cards to be earned on the development tour, but like my management and my mom and dad have said to me, you need to just forget about it because I'll put too much pressure on myself.
3: I I like that. And and on that, obviously, you missed out on going to Q School this year by a couple of days, I think it was. But in the long term, do you think that will serve you better because you've got another year on your apprenticeship almost where this year you can go and play in the WDF Mm. events, the JDC, the Super Series, the ADC if you want to and everything like that. And it's a further year's learning before you make the jump.
0: Yeah, uh, this year is just going to be even more experience. If I did go to Q School and get a card, then I'll obviously be on the tour. But this year it's another, it's another learning curve, and to do much more with the WDF and stuff. And then I'll be hopefully I'll be on the tour next year. That's where that's what I'm hoping for.
3: And the stable you're in, Dobes Nathan. I know Nathan lives not too far away, and and everything like that. Is it nice to have? that stable management team and stable around you all the time that you can pick their brains if needed as well?
0: Yeah, uh, they've had, we obviously praise each other in our little group chat we have, but it's just good to have people at the top level of darts. And obviously, I still, look, I still look up to them. And I know my game could be there with them when we go for a practice and that, but it's just so nice to have them three or four by the side and to help me progress.
3: You say you praise each other. I bet it can be quite brutal as well. I bet
0: there's some good banter
3: flying around in that chat.
0: Yeah, there's some good good <laughs> banners around. <laughs> um,
3: Champions, nice. week, yeah. Champions <laughs> week at the Super Series coming up. You've obviously booked, booked your spot there. How much are you looking forward to, to heading back and, and playing in Champions Week with the the other 11 winners?
0: Uh, obviously, I'll watch this week and next week. To see obviously the next two go into Champions Week, but I've seen the first nine winners alongside me. And I think if they fill, fill the modus on a Saturday night, if I get there, if, if I do get there and they fill it up, it'll, it'll be even great. Uh, got a couple of questions for
3: you before we let you get back to your Xbox, buddy. We know you're King Gamer. Um, <laughs> Andrew says, Any plans outside of darts, um, college wise, and that is that still something that's important to you to get that side sorted
0: as well? uh I've, I've i think i'm obviously apply applying for college but we've had we've had talks of pulling out of school this morning because I'm doing so well and i'm going to be missing i think almost every exam so I'm pretty sure I'll be pulling out
3: well wow, that's, that's that's interesting i suppose yeah because everything falls at, at that time before you the, the planning's yeah. not... Best darts and darts and exams. Hmm? Darts and exams. They they've obviously the, the the they cross and not a good thing.
0: No, because obviously every every exam, some of them clash with held sign for Germany. Obviously, development tournament sat at the top. So I think I'd rather obviously try and earn some more money and then obviously do better, bigger and better things in exams. I tell you what, there's a very big
3: similarity here between you and Mr. Michael Smith, because I believe he did the same. He went to one exam and then binned them off and went and played on the pro tour. My,
0: my, a, dad said bef- my dad said something before about Mike Smith, but I didn't. Yeah, didn't
3: no, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Smithy did the same that I remember him saying back in the day, he did one exam and then he went bin binned the rest off and went and played on the pro tour. There are worse ways. to it. Yeah, I was going to tell you, there there are, Um, but one last one before we get back to Xbox, Luke, are Manchester United (laughs) going to add to their silverware collection this year?
0: No. Um, I want us to, but I think our injuries, won't obviously they will help us and I I don't think we'll get another, another trophy.
4: You have no idea how good that sounds to hear. (laughs) Yeah, you keep
2: crying in the corner. Go on. Tell us more about all your injuries.
3: (laughs) Uh, Luke, absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Thank you very much indeed. I know it's been, been manic for you indeed. And I'll see you in a few weeks in Portsmouth, buddy. Yeah,
0: thank you.
3: No worries. Cheers, Luke. Cheers, mate. See
0: you later.
3: Everyone, the one, the only, Mr. Luke Littler. And I'll tell you what, that's a breath of fresh air just listening to him talk. That is an experienced head on young shoulders, boys.
4: Big commitment to drop out as well and just go, right, I'm going for this. Yeah, I'm keeping quiet on that. (laughs) With your full time job, Dan. Your full
2: time (laughs) job, you probably can't
3: comment on that one. Very much much (laughs) can't. Um, But no, pleasure to have Luke on, as always, such a good kid. Um, Right, from there, we're going to go to this week's Premier League. We touched on it earlier. I don't think there's a doubt, is there at the moment, that Gerwin Price is the best player on Planet Darts right now? Oh, somewhere. Johnny's literally won the last two weeks before, but yeah, we'll, we'll go with that line. Yeah, but the manner of his performances, we're not seeing these kind of numbers or performances from Johnny. I'll be honest, I was watching the Mario movie, so this is undone. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, look, I, I love the ferret to bits. However, what we saw from Gary Price was just ridiculous. Damn, on there!
2: Yeah, it was complete, it was completely absurd uh, in, in points. Um, I mean, like the, the opening game of the day, I just pulled my notes back up from the other night because it was like. And, and I know we're talking about good, but again, it's like ridiculous for, for Chris Doby because like Chris Doby has done 35% on his doubles, averaged 103.5 and got completely spanked 6.2. It doesn't make sense. Like the numbers Doby posts every week should generally win you with that first round game. But 115 average from Gezi is is just like on another level. But then, like he just—it was—it was relentless because then he goes into Michael Van Gerwen and averages hundred and eight. Like Michael Van Gerwen, somehow in that semi-final, averaged hundred and five. He had forty-five percent on his doubles and didn't win. And that's how good—that's the level at which I guess he's playing at the minute and that he's reaching is that like he—he's beating people averaging. 105 and and 45% on the doubles and they can't beat him. You know, to beat Gezi Price in the Premier League twice that night, you've got to throw 10 dart legs. You can't, it's virtually impossible for people to break him. He's, he's just playing that good. The final was a bit more scrappy. Um, just because I think the level, I mean, realistically that it, you can't, you know, it's, it's challenging to sustain that through, through three games. Um so the the he, he, but he was still ruthless in the final. um you know, Smith really wasn't in that game. he 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 was still averaging a ton. he was still finishing over forty percent of his of his doubles. um just unbelievable. And I just think I think at the minute, it's similar to what you said, Philly. without a doubt, the most dangerous player on the planet at the minute. I appreciate other people have won Premier League weeks, but if you're gonna play Gezi in a match that apps that, that matters to you, like he's the worst player in the world to draw at the minute, isn't
3: he? Yeah, look, it's just incredible numbers from Gezi. There's a couple of talking points that I want to bring up as well. One of them is Nathan Aspinall. Um 4 on the up against Peter Wright, and then the, the, the wheels kind of came off. He he, he was missing doubles there was issues with the, the re-grip again. And it's the first time I've seen Nathan livid with himself. And you could see it on his face at the back of the stage when, when Peter was throwing down and stuff like this, he just looked uncomfortable. And it's the first time I've seen Nathan like that. Yeah. And it's a
2: bit, I found it a bit odd because the, As soon as it seems, the timing seemed a bit weird because, you know, there are times in this Premier League where the the pressure is and will come on. Certainly for those mid-table players, you know, as we get into the probably the final quarter, I think probably after next week, we'll be three quarters of the way through. So, you know, and the the pressure will come on and those every game will start to matter. And I appreciate that all points count. But, you know, realistically... That far ahead against the player that's bottom of the league in a match that doesn't really matter, you know, it wasn't against one of his, you know, the one of the other players going for the fourth spot with him or anything. Um, it, it seems to come a bit from nowhere, and that was what confused me a little bit. Was you when you see those things happen that you you're gonna often unpick them a little bit and, and, and sort of figure out what was where the pressures were coming from, but. He looked to be under no pressure whatsoever. Something like God having look. He looks like he sat on a feather. He must have had a little update from his other screen, has he? Yeah. I've been <laughs> there a while. <laughs> a, a, I saw a, a bit, again. he's trying not
4: to crack a smile. i thought I've already
2: <laughs> smiled twice. But, yeah. but but a bit of a funny one for Nathan. And a, and a, but I, I just think we will the the true the real test because let's be honest, he, he's he's not finishing first, second, or third in this year's Premier League and the real test is going to be this battle for for fourth because there is a battle for fourth with which realistically yeah. the form that we're seeing from players and some of the fragility that we're seeing in in the premier league this year it's 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 one of five for me still that that fourth spot i think the top three the top three are absolute bankers and it's one of five for the other one uh, my my concern for the Chasing
3: Pack, not Johnny, because his is all right, but Nathan Aspinall, minus 15, Chris Dobie, minus 12, Dimitri Vandenberg, minus 10. That's that's the worry. That that leg difference, like we say at times, it's like an extra point.
2: That's almost like a point off. It is, and that and this is when it'll start to because let's be let's be realistic. Let's up up until about now. No one's really paying attention to that leg difference, are they? You know, nice. no one's paying attention to leg difference weeks one through seven. You know, no one's getting to week eight and going, "Oh, our leg difference is a bit." But but just as I say, we I think we probably after another week we'll be three quarters through, and we, and we're on the run in there, and that's when every leg will start to count, and that's where we'll start to see things creeping in because there's a big difference between getting beat six five and getting beat six two, and it could be the difference between finishing fourth, um. That's when it'll start to get a bit tense and we'll see what the pressure does a bit. Yeah, look, it was it was
3: interesting. Nice nice little atmosphere in Brighton, though. the um, It's the smallest of the current venues and it was very, very intimate and it, it, it was good.
2: I thought it looked great. Yeah. I, I, I said on Thursday night, it really looked like a decent crowd, like a, like a really good crowd, sort of proper Premier League crowd, but quite dartsy. I thought it looked like a really good venue. Yeah, we've got a couple of clips to play. We're going to play one of Gezi,
3: and then Smithy's has a good talking point off of it. So we'll do Gezi first. You just know how you just know how dead. to beat him. I think I beat him the last five times, so... Mikey, boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's... Um, today, he could have beat me, even though I played really well. I miss a lot of doubles, and, yeah, it's all on the day, you know, with the players, not just me and Michael. Everybody, especially in the top eight or top four, then... Whoever plays well on the night is going to win, but I said you know, it was the first time I think all year that the top four in the world was in the semi-finals, so I'm glad I come through that one. The dots you're playing, the results you're having, do you walk into the practice room now and you're the best player in the world again? No, no, but I think the other players do, which is more important, you know, and when people are coming out and playing me, I think they think about me more than what I do about them, so as long as I'm in their head, that's all that matters. That smirk on his face and the confidence he's talking
4: with. Beware. Yeah, and because... he plays Michael Smith next week as well, who's only a point ahead of fourth right now. I'm not convinced it's a top three anymore. It's a top two. Because of that very factor. Potentially. Yeah. Michael Smith coming off the back of a week in Vegas. If he get, I've picked I've picked.
2: Gezi Price to give him a hiding
4: mm-hmm. early well,
2: doors next week. I think it's a six-tour. I think he gives him a proper he gives him a proper route.
4: Yeah, so, we'll,
3: we'll, we'll, we'll come on to that when we talk about this week's Premier League, because obviously we are going to Rotterdam, but there are, like Gob said, there are a couple of factors this week that will be interesting. Um and we're gonna play the Smithy Clip now because this this is an interesting one.
1: Um <laughs> The only thing that's annoying me this year is every time I, I try to go and practice, Dave Alamingo,
2: may <laughs> can I do this, video do that.
1: <laughs> that's anyone, But no, I think for me, the biggest downfall this year for me was, as being have world champion, not enjoying it. I'm putting too much pressure on myself going, Mike, you're world number one, you should be playing like a number one, you should be doing this, you should Instead of enjoying it and just relaxing, I, I think this year you've seen a couple of moments where I've done it, where I relaxed and chilled. But no, it's my first time. Spoke to Phil last week during an exhibition, asked him how we dealt with it. And then, he, as I said, Phil, you've won 16, what do I do? He just went, no. Went, what do you mean I'm asking you advice? He went, no. I went, all right, no is. He went, no, I'm just telling you, learn the word no. Just do how you got to learn. But no, they, they won't tell you much, will they? But no, I'm sure I'll deal with it. The second time, I win it'll be a lot easier than this one. Was that a relief, picking his brain on something like that, the great man? Yeah, it was just, I just wanted a bit of advice. That's all I wanted as a, I'm not young anymore, but compared to him, I'm still a young kid. Just wanted that little bit of thing, saying. No one, put it hand around me. Tell me what's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one of them. But I nah, just said, just learn the word. No, just learn to be self and be what you need to be. And yeah, it could happen. It could not. But he didn't give me much advice to go forward with.
3: Interesting. Listen to to Michael there. That he's going to pick people's brains like that because of everything that that goes with it. And that's something that Rob Cross struggled with that he openly said that when you are world champion there's a different kind of responsibility that comes with it
4: does he want to pop to you over we'll introduce him to a few more <laughs> <laughs> yeah he can sit with me and Billy and love it
3: <laughs> but it's like but it's it's a different pressure isn't it that you have to go and do all these other things that
2: you don't normally have to yeah you end up That's in the great. daily star <laughs> no, but you know, like, but it is though, isn't it? Like, it, it, you know, the, the more people know who he is, and more people are, are, are care about what he's doing and what he's up to, and people want to hear him and talk to him. But I do think it sure I think it's a good thing that he is, you know, because that one thing he said, you know, is that he's, he spoke to Phil. He took some advice, but I think what that shows. But you've got to assume Phil's probably not the only person that he's spoken to, and it's probably not the only advice that he's taken. Um he's probably, I think it's a really good thing and a really positive thing that he's having those types of conversations. You know, like being a world champion in any sport is a, is an, is a strange thing. And there are so few people that have done it in any sport that there isn't a huge pool of, of people to to draw from and a lot of data available and a lot of case studies on what to do and how to do it. And um, I just think it's a positive sign. He, he, he doesn't seem to be working himself too much onto it um we're still getting a bit of joviality from him joking you know about next time you know the second time he wins it it'll be even easier and no i, I think um but it's it it it's only three months you know that's all it is he's been a world champion for three months he's got the it, there's a there's an awful long time and an awful lot of events an awful lot of darts between you know winning and potentially defending both that world title and that world number one spot
4: to be honest, he said, oh, Phil just gave him, a, oh, he just told me that, and then he goes, he didn't tell me everything. No, but in terms of what he was asking, he, he quite possibly did. Yeah. I, the, yeah. The, only way, the only way to control what you're doing right now, if you're overwhelmed by the number of media access or whatever, is, is to learn to say, no, it, Phil doesn't mean tell people to fuck off. He means politely decline, actually, I need to take some time for myself here. I need to keep this in, in the right way. I just manage that a little bit better. Genuinely, that one-word reply might be the best bit of advice possible for that situation. Oh, no, I know. I agree. I think
3: when he dissects it, I think it's a great bit of advice.
4: Yeah. It, I think. I think Michael, best. in that moment when he's telling us about, it is actually underestimated just how how good a piece of advice that could be.
2: But you, well, you don't know how good that is until he starts to to, to deploy it do you. You know, yeah. he might, if you ask him in three months' time how useful that advice was, he might say to you, "It's the best piece of advice I've ever been given in my life." Because yeah. three months later, when he started to deploy that advice a little bit and he started to, to, to reap the benefits of it, then we'll see.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um. So, from the Premier League, Pro Tour return, the bread and butter. Uh, like we said, the top four in the world all declined to play this week. And it made it interesting. Starting on the Saturday, the Polish Eagle back in the winner's circle. Christopher Ratajski. Winning Players' Championship 9. Beating Chris
2: Landman. Good luck anyone that picked that. Was I was about um, to say, who picked that final? Yeah. If you had that on your accumulator, you're, you're, uh, you're laughing.
3: Uh, beat Chris Landman in the final. Um, look, Rotowski was solid all day long. I wouldn't say spectacular. I'd just say
4: efficient like we know he can be. That's what won him titles previously, though you might see yeah. the odd performance where he goes over that ton plus mark, but actually it's just about that sheer consistency in his finishing, and and that seemed to be back from from a distance. Obviously, I was covering the scenes at this point. The minute he took out Clayton in that semi, like actually here we go, yeah, you felt like the winner of that was going to go on to win the title. Oh, absolutely, yeah, um,
3: yeah. Johnny gets another semi final. Some interesting members of the quarter final lineup. Martin Schindler, James Wade back in a quarterfinal. Um, But again, very up and down from James Wade at the moment. Um, Josh Rock, Gary Anderson, another quarterfinal for the Flying Scotsman. Um, One player that I'm going to single out this weekend, I think he had a very good weekend. And I think finally we're seeing the Connor Scott that we saw at the Super Series and had all this hype around him had two very good days, some big averages, and I think he's finally settled and maybe adjusted to life as a tour card holder.
4: Yeah, potentially it's going to come a little bit late because he has struggled to settle for so long. He's got an awful lot of work to do. He's effectively in a position of a new tour card holder, but he's only got one year to guarantee his spot. That, that's the first year. But he is still in relatively young as a dark player and he does still have that time to do that so even if you use this as, as a learning curve as, as experience and then building it in the future moving forward it will be valuable experience <laughs> for somebody of Connor's age it's not as if he's 50 last roll of the dice, and, and wasted it when he could have gone and, and challenged elsewhere he, he's got time to go and experience new things he's got time to take on new challenges but like I said he is settling and we know how dangerous he can be Yeah, uh, all it takes is one good result one good weekend one good day and that goes an awful long way to securing your tour card
3: yeah um there was one huge talking point in round 1 coming on board 7 mario van den was 5-1 up on rob cross and then all of a sudden we just got the game finished walkover um at, at the time we were like trying to get some information what what's gone on and, and and everything like that and then mario gave an interview it was either to a dutch journalist or a belgium journalist um, over the phone after the he'd lost for the day. And it was basically the lines of, Rob just gave up, walks off. I hope he gets fined. How would. Certainty, he's getting fined.
1: Hmm.
3: But
4: strange. Peculiar. That yeah, one. Because... Since... Rob won the World Championship. There's clearly two different sides to Rob Cross's career. Up until the moment he won the World Championship, and then everything that's followed afterwards. I think that they're two completely different stories. And the way that he manages himself and whatever, we can have discussions about that all day long. But one of the qualities that will stick with you about Rob Cross, both sides of his career, is that he is a bit of a battler. Yeah. Yeah. Not not national level, but actually in terms of you think Rob Cross has won what three major titles, including the world championship, three, four, match play, European, Orleans, and maybe one other. And you think about everything but the world, and you're looking at going, actually, Rob Cross is one of those players who's capable of winning PDC televised major titles with his B game. He can still yeah, oh dig himself out of trouble. He won that match play with his B game. He won that Euros with B game. Did not go deep at the UK as well. I've made that up somewhere. Um, not playing to the best of his ability. So to so just walk away from a game is is very strange from, from that point of view.
3: Yeah. And I was said, there's been no word from the cross camp. That was just the interview that Mario gave to, I can't it was either Belgium or or um, Dutch journalist that, that that came out. But yeah, just just very, very odd from Rob Cross. Uh, moving on to the Sunday, Players' Championship number 10, Dirk van Dijvenbode, his third title of 2023. We were, or I was having the debate with the chat room. At the moment, where would you rank him? Forget world rankings and that. Some had in top three, some had him top five in the world right now. What do oh, what, what no, you I- say?
2: I, I find I, it. I find it hard to put him that high up because I still think there's a big difference between the consistency and level he can find on the floor in the pro tour and the inconsistencies that we see on the television in majors where the big money is involved. Um, I don't think he, in terms of his darts game, he's one of the best in the world. In terms of his mindset, his mentality, and his his ability to to deliver his best darts game, I'm not I'm still not hundred percent convinced that he's I, I don't think I'd put him in the top five. I don't think I could do that at the minute.
4: Yeah, it's the wrong time of the year to be judging where people are in terms of in the world. I think you could say this person's in the best form in the world, etc. But with the absence of majors, where there is more pressure than anything else, and players peaking because of the types of tournaments available to them at the moment, I think it's incredibly difficult to judge. Form-wise, he is playing fantastic darts. His scoring power is ridiculous. He is one of the biggest one eighty hitters in the world, and... He's, he's not a player that I've ever associated with not giving up before, but there was something he said to Dan about he pinged a one five six at one point against somebody when he was in trouble, and, and that's not not a quality I've ever associated with. Eric. When we've seen him lose, when we've seen him lose big games, I've, 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 there's almost a standoff going. Actually, you've let that get away. I, I didn't think he was mentally strong enough to be up for a fight a lot of the time, but actually that seems to be changing as a characteristic for him is now, and he is winning from positions where. Perhaps he shouldn't do. And the minute you add that bow to your string, you're laughing.
2: String your I Brian. didn't I didn't see loads of Sunday's action. So I'm I'm just looking numbers only. Like I, I I was I was sort of tied up all day with the kids and and but he's like just looking at the numbers, like yeah, he's done all right in the final, he's averaged ninety nine, but then like he's sort of his semi finals average averaged 91, he's, you know, he, he's got through against Gilding with a 92, mm-hmm. he, he's sort of, he, he's tickled around, like, throwing ton averages here and there, but he's sort of bounced between 90, 92 half his matches, around the ton for a couple of matches. Great, and it's won him that event, I don't think you can really make the case that, like, well, that player's, like, come out and averaged a ton twice today. He's in the top five in the world on form. Like, he's got through an event and he's won an event. But for me, you know, there, there are other players putting together consistent darts performances more regular than than he is at the minute. I just look at what he's done
3: this year. He's made the final day of every Euro Tour. Um
4: I think he's destined for big things. Potentially. And look, as a player that was in the conversation for the Premier League, but he wasn't one of the ones where you go, actually, he could be really aggrieved to have missed out in last year. He's going about it in the right way right now. It's just getting his head down. He's picking up more titles. He needs to produce something big in the big events. But there's still plenty of those to come this year. We've literally had the UK open, the Premier League, which are not selected for, etc. There's a chance he might go after... The World Cup spot if he keeps going after after Nopper etc. I don't know the other TV majors that follow. I think if
3: the Premier League is extended back to a reasonable number of players, I think he's in next year if he carries on on the trajectory he is now.
2: Do you, Do you think that he like again? We're a bit spoilt because we live within you know. Planet darts, you know, we, we're sort of operating within there all the time. Do Do you think that what he's done in major events, like let's say he sort of, you know, reaches a couple of quarterfinals this year, but but he does well in the European tours. And he, does, you know, do you think that's enough in terms of, because he isn't someone I don't think that that exists within. Like outside of people that really know darts, so, you know, I think if I go to the pub and talk to people that casually watch darts, they wouldn't view him as a potential Premier League player. Um, you know, I just I don't. I, or, or do you think he does? I don't know. I, I, I'm not so sure. I, I think he does, and I know we talk about it a lot. He's provisionally
3: seven in the world at the moment on the tour card race, and. The way he's going, he's not a million miles away from Nathan and Danny Knoppert. If he adds a couple of finals or a couple of semi finals, he could easily be top four in the world come
4: the end of the year. It could, but as interesting as Dirk's walk on is, I, and his, his scoring ability, etc., I do think he's one of the players that is going to have to do it 100% outright on the board. I disagree. No, I, no I, I disagree. Even when you spoke to Dan, and even when you, you catch him in, in Dutch interviews, I think he comes across a little bit difficult to communicate with. I, I, I agree with that, but I think the the, the the
3: way he plays on the board, that he is a bit unpredictable. When it's on, it is unreal. I think he's one that may have to do a little bit less.
2: Do, do you think, though, that he's he's got... Because they talked, we we heard about the justification or potential justification for the non-inclusion of of Luke Humphreys this year. Like, in terms of potential fragility and and some of the sort of inconsistency we've seen on on the big stage, you know, on the television, at big events, I, I would really, really be concerned about the inclusion of a player of, 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 of Dirk van border into the Premier League, having not won anything big and the pressure that would come with that just based upon the inconsistency in his televised game. Like I have no problem at, whatsoever with his floor game. His floor game is absolutely unbelievable and really consistent. But I just think he's consistently lost it. Like we've seen, few, I can't, we've seen a few occasions on television where his head's completely gone, completely gone. And I think that if they're looking at Luke Humphreys and saying, "Like we're not sure he's quite in the right place, quite you know at a level where he can cope with the the, the pressures and, and, and you know of everything else that goes with it," uh, do you think the same concerns exist for? Van diving boarder, or, or, or you know, you, you've you've spent more time with him, I suppose, Phil, than the rest of us. You probably have a bit more insight.
4: I think uh, they have to. I think they absolutely have to. For a player that is the, the word i see seen in the chat room is, is volatile. Like for a player that is that volatile, unless he's proven he can handle it in front of the big TV cameras by winning a major, even if it's just a one-off. I think there is an element of, as entertaining as some of these players are, and to be fair, in the past there is props to the PDC, because they, they potentially have done this. There is an element of protecting these players from, from not being ready. There's a couple of... Oh,
2: I, I completely agree. I, I don't think it's a bad yeah. thing that Luke Humphries wasn't in there. I think someone's looking out for him. And I think yeah. it's for the good of the rest of his career. And, the, and I, But I have I have the same sentiments for Dirk van Dijvenboer yeah. as well. I, I I just I think if Dirk makes a major final this year, I think that will be enough to get him in. I genuinely do. It'll be controversial that though, won't it? Depending on what other people do, of course. You know, like depending on um, you know, what the rest of the top eight do this year in terms of majors. Also, depends who's going to agree, the Premier
4: League. Yeah. By the way, we've, we've said that for a long, long time. That was a comment that just flashed up on the screen. But it's, there's an element of. You can't just chuck people in because they are fun to watch. There is still that little bit of protection towards these players. Fun to watch, but losing 16 times in 16 weeks is no good for anybody because they might not be fun to watch for the rest of their career because it, it's draining and damaging to those players. And we don't know why Gary didn't play today.
3: I, I I do. I'll answer it. I, I wasn't ignoring you, Anne. I was just going to leave it until we come it's on to the Euro Tour stuff. I've um,
4: seen it a few times. Uh,
3: Andrew, which one do you think? Because I know the answer to this.
4: I thought I did until very recently. I still do. If it was one or the other... It's
3: Dirk right now. There's yeah. no there's no way in hell, unless he goes and wins the world or the match play or something, Barney gets re-picked for the Premier League. Not
4: a chance. I was convinced the same, but then he was in a World Series
2: event. Yeah, for very different things, though, it's just a glorified holiday, that, isn't it?
4: So it's a Premier League, but you go to Con- Brighton. To meet and <laughs> greet. <laughs> I actually think I'd rather do the World Series. It's a bit more chill and a bit more laid back. You get appearance fees. Well, there's other pla- there. Yeah,
2: there's other there's other players that have played in World Series events, aren't yeah. they? That wouldn't be in with a shout of a Premier League spot.
4: like Would you rather there, go it's a, and social, do a sport? The way I look at it, the World Series is DJing on all the islands at the clubs, and the Premier League, for the most part, is going around all the haven sites doing some comedy
2: yeah. while people shout at you. Yeah. <laughs> I, People shout you and call your names. Yeah,
3: exactly.
4: <laughs> well,
3: I've, I've, I've just messaged you. I can't say it out loud, but you've got the answer there in front of you.
4: Yeah, well,
3: sure. Yeah, I can't, I can't say that out loud, but that, that, that that's your answer tomorrow then. Um, sorry, and as to the reason Gary didn't play today, he played in qualifier number one, but ET10 is Trier, which is an absolute bitch to get to. <laughs> Gary's, <laughs> Gary's thing for doing the EuroTour qualifiers were... I'll give the ones a go that are easy to get to. And
2: and
3: it's a gorgeous place though. Yeah, it's just not easy to get to. Uh, That's why.
2: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions.
0: In a given
1: month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um,
3: yeah, I, I expect Barney to be working in the studio in the venue for... um. Via play, uh, he wasn't meant to be on the entry list, he was entered by mistake.
4: Management just go, Yeah, you're there. For yeah, that we, did, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. They just ticked all the boxes. The only reason I know that is because I get I had, to do, I had to do the list for Gary of how easy the Euro tours were to get to, <laughs> so I knew which ones he planned to do and which ones he didn't. <laughs> uh, Barney isn't in Rotterdam, right? Okay, I thought he might have been in the studio, but on the Euro tour qualifiers, um, again, bit of a busy day today, so I haven't seen much of these, um, but ET9, the qualifiers were, Ryan Joyce, Steve Beaton, Jose de Souza, Simon Whitlock, Keegan Brown, Raymond Van Barnabelle, Jean Van Veen, Lee Evans, Dylan Seven, Richie Edhas, Pascal Reprec, please for that one, uh, Graham Hall, Callum Ridds, Graham Usher on the Euro Tour, Adam Smith, Jermaine Watamina, Martin Clearmacker, Josh Payne, Ross Montgomery, Ricky Evans, Darryl Gurney. is in some form on the Euro Tour, not so much on the Pro Tour, but Euro Tour qualifiers. Super Ching's doing it. Um, Ian White, Manners Rasma, and Alan Suter all qualified
2: for ET9. Ian White's finding a bit, isn't he? I'll say, hey, look, I
4: feel like. We didn't we, we mentioned we did an awful lot on dirt then for the pro tour, but the fact that Dimitri was in a semi fair play, but Ian White in a semi-final and Jose in a final, I feel like we've overlooked that a little bit right there. Yeah,
2: well, I just think the resurgence of Ian White has slowly, slowly been going on for sort of some time this year. Um, you know, you know, he went through sort of a Tough spell. He was injured. He was injured, or well, he was. He was sort of unwell. Last injured, wasn't he, for, for a little while? Um, but seemed to go from you know making regular sort of you know last sixteens and quarterfinals through to sort of struggling a little bit and not winning anything. But at the minute, he seems to be absolutely flying. Like really putting his game together really nicely. Yeah. No. And, I, and having a good year. Yeah. No. I
3: I, I agree. Uh, and then ET10, uh, George Killington, Stephen Burton, Daniel Closer, Luke Woodhouse, Jose de Souza, Simon Whitlock doing the double, Ross Smith, Raymond Van Barneval, double, uh, Stephen Bunting, Connor Scott qualifying for a Euro Tour, Brendan Dolan, Ted Everts, James Wade, Jim Williams, Keen Barry, Jean Van Vane, Graham Hall, Ryan Joyce, Kim Hybrex, James Wilson, Martin Lukeman, uh, William O'Connor, Mickey Mansell and Matt Campbell all making...
2: The Euro Tour Boys. Interesting. Some of them really need that as well.
3: Yeah. Um uh, very, yet yeah, Very good from Matt Campbell. I agree. Um, so that was there. Um, we've already kind of spoken about in chronological order. Luke Littler winning week 10 of the Super Series, beating Richard North in the final. Good to see Northie playing some good stuff again. Um, but the Premier League this week, we are back to the Ahoy in Rotterdam, boys. The Sea of Orange is going to be there. The only the only one where you can wear football shirts. Another one for Gob to bone about, along with flags.
2: <laughs> Different... <laughs> Different rules.
3: (laughs) Come on, he's going to say something in a minute. He's going to bite. Oh, look at him trying to be sensible.
4: Silly twats.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the fixtures for Rotterdam this week. Chris Dovey plays Johnny Clayton. Michael Smith plays Gatwin Price. Dimitri Vandenberg plays Peter Wright. Michael Van Gowen plays Nathan Aspinall. Some interesting lineups in terms of races for the playoffs. Um, first up, Chris Dobie against Johnny Clayton. Look, this, this is interesting because surely Chris must believe he can't carry on losing if he plays the way he is.
2: I think he's I think he's had that mindset. I think he's been a very good, a very good loser, for want of a better word. In that, like, I so, well, I don't know Chris really well. I'm a big fan of him. But in the in the times I've managed to sort of stand and talk to him about darts, like he does, focus on the level at which he's playing. He wants to know what his average is. He wants to know the averages of other players. If and, and 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 that is. In his mindset, so I think he's he's very aware of how well he's played, and and it, it, it's it is frustrating as a fan because Craig, you, you look at him every week, it it's most of the averages and the Dublin that he's producing every week, ninety percent of the time would get you through a first round game. Ninety percent of the time, he just keeps being edged out. And again, like you know, edged out by 115 average or something, something outrageous. But you know, Johnny's been, all, Johnny has, he's played well. He's won a couple of nights, but he's, he's, it's one of the more winnable matches, I think, for Chris um, this week. So I, I don't, but I think he's, I think he'll still be relatively relaxed.
3: So you going for a Chris Davies winner over Johnny Clayton?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 6 <laughs>
4: Roger, uh, yesterday that? I messaged him to see if he could come on the show. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Any, any sign of that? Does a show anymore? Is that in the draw?
2: Ah, uh, it, it, it it see the the only problem with his share at the minute is that it, it currently doesn't fit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <You can't laughs> <off the>
2: wardrobe. <laughs> it, it'd be on. It'd be on much more if we hadn't had a lockdown since he was playing well <laughs> 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 uh, God,
3: what, what are you saying, doby or Clayton? Johnny, what? I'm with. Dan, I think Hollywood.
2: Picking the
4: guy that's won two of the last three is an odd pick. It is, considering he's not going to win. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, now, this game is a real talking point. It's a repeat of the final from last week. Um, both of them currently on their holes. One in Vegas, one in Tenerife. Michael Smith against Gerdwin Price. Let's discuss uh...
4: I, I had to discuss this earlier, I think.
3: Yeah, uh, that's why I, I, I stopped because I want to bring it up here. I've got a major concern here that Michael Smith doesn't come back until Wednesday. So he literally flies from Vegas, lands in Heathrow,
4: gets a connecting flight to Amsterdam. Doesn't sleep a lot because everybody wants to talk to the world champion.
2: On the flight. And and, and, See, I, for it, me...
4: Jet lag. And, like, mm, and given where he is in the table, this is the moment this becomes a top two for me. The way Gerwin Price has played, even though he's taken a break to, to Telerik and whatever, I think he's just solved it right now in his own game. Well, and we saw on Price's Instagram, he actually took the darts and he's had a practice every day. Which he doesn't normally do when he's been away. So he's even if it's just an hour to keep his arm yeah, in, the and that's what he said right he, now. It's just more than what we'll be doing. Just
3: 45 minutes to for an hour in a local, local bar there, just, just to tick his arm over. Yeah. And I go back to Copenhagen when MVG flew halfway around the world to come back off holiday straight to the event. And with the greatest of
2: respects, he looked absolutely fucking knackered. I think, for me, if Michael Smith had have spent the week... On a meditation retreat, and he'd have had loads of sleep and done seven hours a day practicing, he still wouldn't win. I still wouldn't pick him at the minute against <laughs> getting Christ in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> I just think where both these players are at right now, and I love Michael Smith, he's the best player in the world. Brilliant. I just think where they are both at mentally, physically, their darts game this week in Rotterdam, like, as I say, I don't, I mean, Vegas, you know, Tenerife. But honestly, if he'd have been sat doing yoga for the week, practising six hours a day, you know, with a vegan chef on hand and everything else, I I just think it's still, you know, Gezi relatively comfortably, probably averaging 107 or something. Uh, And there's also another factor in this,
3: that I think they will be very pro going Price once he walks out in the shirt he's going to
2: walk out in. I I think
4: think that's all that as well, hasn't
2: he? It's I just think it's a, a, it's not a Norbury, but I just think it's such a clever thing to have to, to do this year I just you know it's a slight thing that you can do to try and bring something more interesting to what's going on and you, you know, to the entrance. because let's be honest we've listened to that bloody song over and over again every single Thursday night nobody likes it anyway no one thinks it's a good walk on song so anything that you can do to try and just you know make it slightly more interesting get the crowd on side a little bit um, I think it's a, it's a, a really good thing
3: yeah, I agree. And are, are we all are we all agreeing on this one? Are we going for a Welsh victory? I. This next one intrigues me. Dmitry Vandenberg against Peter Wright, because right now, I think Dimitri's out of his depth.
2: Agreed. Um. But it's odd this one. I think. I think it's an interesting one because they, they, they both at the minute in the Premier League have the potential to absolutely stink the place out.
4: I'm glad but, you but, went that way and not all oh, spashing it. <laughs> yeah, no, they, like,
2: they both have the potential to absolutely stink the place out. But and, and I, I sort of I have less faith in this outcome. But they also both. Probably not at the same time because the odds would be absurd the way they both played. But, like, they also, you're sort of waiting for them to turn up. Like, we know that that pace that Dimmy was playing at in the run-up to the Premier League, like, we were constantly talking about how enjoyable he was to watch and where his game was at and it was on the up. Peter Wright, again, like, he's Peter Wright, isn't he? If he picks up three darts he likes, he can have a night on any particular night that he fancies. But I just think it's 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 so interesting because any one of a hundred things could happen in this game.
4: Despite the fact he had such a poor start to this campaign and he's chopped and changed his darts more and more and, and whatever else that comes with it, I'm still more of the belief that Peter Wright is capable of winning a night more than the other two that haven't done it. Yeah. I, yeah, I still I think that. Peter Wright is more likely to win an evening than Nathan Aspen. I still think he's more likely to win a night than, than Dimitri Vandenberg. I
3: don't think any of them will, but I agree with you. If I had to put money on one of them, it would be right.
4: Yeah. And I just think he's starting to... He's had that period where he's pissed around with the darts now. I say this every week at the minute. He's had that period where he's pissed around now. It feels like he's he's settled just for that little period of, of similar waiting, and he's got out of his system and, and that sort of thing, and the results have come around a little bit the last few weeks. He's not chopped himself to the top, and it's not Peter Wright of World Championship winning form calibre, but they are more competitive. The results are better. He's winning from, like last week, he won from dreadful position against Nathan Aspinall. That wouldn't have happened in the first four or five weeks at all. Yeah, That would have been 6-0, steamrolled, get me off the stage. Thanks for coming. I'll take my appearance fee at the end of this Premier League, and I'll be done with it. Now there's a genuine chance he might start attacking the extra five grand that you get for moving up each space. And if he does convert one of these night wins, especially on a night when, I suppose, if Derby wins the first one, that'll put him on 12. If that would be beating Clayton and the other three in the top three will win. He's up to 12 points. He's not a million miles away from him. There's a way that this plays out where by the end of the night, Peter Wright is not too far away from that fourth spot. Because the other, the, the bottom four,
2: you know, none of them, you know, none of that bottom four seem to be able to find, like, real consistency. You know, we've seen moments of brilliance in small spells from all of them, but they're all somewhere in different ways. Some, like, you know, Dobie can't get a match won, you know, like, Dimmy can't find his scoring, Peter Wright can't find his darts, Like there's like, they're all sort of missing a bit of something, but I do think it leaves it wide open because it only takes any one or two of them to find that little missing bit that's clicking and and then it gets really interesting. Can we
4: also... I'm not sure any players will say it, but there is an element that the players that are struggling right now have pretty distinct and set routines when they're on stage or as they get to stage. Dimitri does his dance and Peter Wright does his shuffling along. Neither of them. Peter Wright's not done his for a little while now and his form's not been as great. And Dimitri's not been given four walk-ons for a lot of this Premier League campaign due to time restrictions and the fact that if you win, we get to see it again and again and again. When they are such opposing characters on the oki to what they are off the hockey that little moment that they do on stage, that little release, just settles them and, and almost changes their mindset, I think, a little bit. And not doing it, or not being allowed to do it in full, like they are used to, might just be throwing them off a little
2: bit. It's quite ritualistic, isn't it? It's quite—it's—it yeah. it, um, is almost part of that, um, you know, preparation to, to start a game. Um, yeah, I, I I accept it, but I just think at the level that they're at, the professionals that they are you should be able to come out and play without doing a little dance
4: first. I'm not saying it's the only reason, but... I, no, it, no. Yeah, no, I get you. There's yeah. psychology around it that would suggest that actually it might be having a bit of an impact to unsettle them for the early part of the game. Once they're up there and, and they, they drop into that mentality, that, that's completely different. So, who are we saying wins it? Rotterdam.
2: Uh.
4: I think it's Peter Wright. Oh, yeah. We also haven't mentioned once the whole master and apprentice lockdown situation. That I, think that's, bit, I think that's gone there, though. I do, because the relationship went so south in the last 18 months. Or it yeah. appeared to on, on, on screen, so... Oh, the match play, it was definitely a. Yeah. a an absolute... <laughs> awesome, I, <know.
3: laughs> uh, but I'm, I think Peter Wright as well. Now, Nathan Aspinall, Michael van Gerwen, not the game Aspinall wants when he's trying to get last week out of his system to have a crowd of eleven thousand cheering on said Dutchman.
2: No, and I think him going last as well will could potentially add to the pressure because you with with Price and Smith playing each other. And Aspinall playing Van Gerwen, it guarantees that people around him in the table will win, and and, and will pick up points before he's you know. So either one of Dobie or Clayton is going to pick up some points, either one of Wright and um, and Van der Berg are going to pick up some points, that, like that's that's guaranteed. So I then think he's coming on last. He's in this bloody big arena with all these Dutch people screaming, shouting, and kicking off. Michael Ver, Michael Van Gerwen's coming out playing. Let's you know other than Gezi Price, probably the best starts of anybody in the world. And then Nathan has to, you know, what where he has looked fragile, try and put a performance in. Um big, big challenge, I think.
3: I agree. I think Michael wins this six two, six
2: three. Yeah, I agree. Handily gets it done, I think.
4: What is do Ass. Oh brave yeah there's still chinks in the van and armor right now i think but last week he was brilliant granted but for the last few since he since he pretty much wrapped up his spot and told us he was there week four or week five at finals and, and that was it he's taking <laughs> his foot off the gas there's that you, you can't deny that he's I'm taking not- his foot off the gas and the biggest issue with van Gogh has been in missing doubles and He's not the same player he was in 2017, and a big part of that, when you're not, means that you have to concentrate. And it feels like he's not at 100% concentration right now because he is so comfortable in there. I think in any other venue, I'd agree with you, but I think we will see. If, ultimate... if he walks out and he's switched on, yeah. What but if he's not off it, I, it goes both ways with a crowd like that. It's also a lot of pressure because they expect you to deliver. Because I, every I, time Van Gogh has ever played in front of him, he delivers. I, I just think he will be switched on to the absolute max in Rotterdam. I also think of all the players to affect being shouted at, I'm not sure Asp is, is the one that's going to fall for it.
3: No, poss- possibly not. you can
4: not. get on top of a Dimi a or Adobe. I don't think you'll get on top of an Asp. it will just battle the same way. He like, won't appreciate it. Let's put it that way. You said I don't know how puts up with it constantly when he played him in Cardiff, I think it was, or or whoever it was it's similar, but I'm just not sure it will affect us to the same level.
3: So from your predictions, what is your final and who is going to be victorious at the Ahoy?
2: Uh, it's very, very, very hard to. I feel like I'm being extra boring, but Guess it's very Price hard to not Michael go. Gezi Price against Michael van Gerwen, isn't it? <laughs> like, and I feel like I, I feel I want to be more interesting than that. Like, I want to say it'll be like I want it to be Doby against Aspinall. But it's not gonna be. It'll be Gerwin Price against Michael van Gowen. Who wins? Gerwin Price.
3: Six on the spin
2: for the Ice Man for. When you interviewed him last week, I just I said on the Fallout Bar it. it and I appreciate he, he, as his career goes on he, he's getting better better and better at those inter- you know at, at being interviewed you know as part of his career and the more he does it and as he he, he will get better and better at it but i just felt he looks so the clip we saw earlier on that you played like he looks so relaxed he looks so in control of himself and being in that atmosphere in an arena, that I just I just think he's he's comfortable, completely comfortable, and it doesn't matter that it that it's in Rotterdam. It doesn't matter that he potentially be playing a Dutchman in the final. I, I think it's um, he's just in such a good headspace at the minute in
4: the for those big arenas. What are you saying, Gob? I heard everything Dan's just said, and I'm gonna disregard the bloody lot. Great points, valid points. I'm just feeling a bit stupid right now. So what I'm going to do is suggest that Peter Wright beats Gerwin Price in the final. You know, I said I could see only, only one of those three I could see rocking up and doing some damage, and it's Peter Wright. After Aspinall takes Van Gerwen out, struggles, and Gerwin Price... Three on the spin in the night. After being away, I think it catches up of him in the final.
3: What's your
2: catchphrase, gob? That you use a lot. Where does it go? Stupid. Are, are you. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm confused and also a bit worried about you. If I'm uh, honest, are, are you drunk? <laughs> not yet. Okay.
0: In an
4: hour.
3: Not enough. <laughs> chat room what are you saying is god drunk has he been drinking on duty either that or there's something funny in those bottles of prime on your shelf that isn't prime they're empty um there's this i'm going again for the predictable final galvin price plays michael van girl and
4: i am going going price makes it five nights Shawnee Mack is with me. And Shawnee Mack is back at the Super Series this week. So, we believe. He is. Shawnee Mack back playing
3: as well. Um, I agree. I think Peter is on his way back. But I just don't think he's anywhere near the
4: levels of the other two. He might not be. But there is one thing that Peter Wright loves more in the world than anything else. More than his wife. More than... Winning big games at that winding Michael Van Gerwen up, <laughs> you know it, and you know full well that winning in Rotterdam and then doing an interview, even though him and Michael have not been comparable for the about 18 months, they've gone in opposite directions at times, they've not really met at a point when you're going, Actually, this is 50 50, etc he will win it and just go <laughs> I won in Amsterdam thanks Michael
3: <laughs> oh, I love your optimism but I just don't see it
2: yeah see I, I love these scenarios you paint I'm totally up for watching them This, they, they, what you're painting there sounds amazing I just think yeah. it's unlikely it sounds like Picasso on acid yeah
4: <laughs> <laughs> Also, Tommy, Leeds are definitely not winning. (laughs) 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 Hi, Brad.
3: (laughs) So, that is the Premier League as we head to the Ahoy Euro Tour this weekend. Some of them have got to try and get from Rotterdam to Graz. Listening to Dan Dawson last week, it's an interesting journey for some of them, which will be interesting. Um What else have we missed? Have we some to the, to the WDF action. Well, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see any of it because I was streaming. Didn't know. Don't know. No, uh, yeah, Croatia this week, but where I was on the pro tour, didn't see any of it. I'm not gonna try and pretend otherwise. So we'll forget that one. Weekend Darts, what else have we missed? Probably Darts no Festival was last week, wasn't it? Oh, you saying that, I know me and Gob spoke about this
2: on the phone. Uh, the Weekly Darts Cast interview with Des Jacqueline. So I, I, I am very, very, very upset with Gob about this, right? Because as a rule, I'm going to say something that will get me in trouble at some point. But as Are a rule... Are going to tell
4: me off for pushing content from another...
2: Only because, like a fool, I decided to listen to it and then ended up driving. I was, I was driving to, for, to work. I put it on in the car and was, like, throwing things around in my car, absolutely furious. I got to a meeting absolutely boiling. and Someone was saying to me, like, I think someone thought something had happened. And we were like, is everything all right? I went... You wouldn't understand. It's about darts.
4: Why do I get two new tyres from a car, right? So I'm like listening to it on the way. A phone Phil and went. I'm not even halfway through this, but you will not believe what he's just said about the Indigo 2 Oh, <laughs> the I was... best menu for darts in the country. I'm like, now nah, what are he you doing here? Yeah, and then, just like you, Dan. They must have seen me coming, mate, because I got charged 220 quid for two new tyres on a Peugeot 207. I was just
2: I was so cross at you because because if the, if you hadn't have tweeted about it I'd have just bimbled through life not knowing that that had ever happened and it was a thing but I thought oh out of sheer morbid interest it was like it was like I, listening to that was you know like when you slow down on the motorway to get a good look at a crash like that's what it was like <laughs> Like I felt like I'd slowed down and been left scarred by it. Like honestly, I, I almost
3: I, I almost crashed on the M25 when the word said, "The Indigo
2: is the best venue in, for darts in the world." It was I almost gone. crashed. It was bullshit bingo, like because I found myself just driving down the road, just randomly shouting bullshit really loudly at my <laughs> at my car. <laughs> oh um, yeah.
4: well. Yeah, it was it, it was intrigued because he hasn't spoken for so long just to see what had gone on because obviously the trophies have been sold recently. Look, to to get Des on is a big scoop, so it's a fair play to the Dats. And I think Alex just allowed him to go off, which is which is good because there were there were a couple of moments where you could have potentially pushed back and gone, you yeah, but actually you did this or or whatever. But actually, just allowing Des to. I don't think he'd have answered any more questions afterwards so we get more and more out of him yeah, and, yeah. That's yeah. it, it. It, it, and it, then it, we it. can dissect it afterwards and I'm just like the fact that he and his family received death threats is absolutely abhorrent and it is not condoned in, in any way, shape right. or form nobody should ever, ever receive that, that that's bang out of order and it's incredibly easy to to make lightheartedness of, of everything else around that but, but that needs to be said, That that side of the interview and, and the way that that comes across is a hundred percent bang out of order, no matter what else happened. No, I agree. But the grandeur of delusion about everything else, it was people out to get him from the start, etc. I just, I'm just not buying it all. At no point in any of that interview did Des acknowledge he made a mistake in any way, shape or form. Not once in two, three years of running the BDO. That's impossible. Even the
2: just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's completely detached from, from reality and it, and it's such a slanted view. Like that and it is, it's just that refusal to accept, like it's every everything is everybody else's fault. And that if only everyone had just done as they were told and fell into line and, and let him do what he wanted, then the world would be a better place. I just don't buy it. I think it was it was absolute crap. In the well, just, most part, and I'm being very generous. A bit that I don't
3: understand or get now: someone's lying because he said that all the players were told that what prize money they were playing for before a dart was thrown. Now, I went and did media at that event, and four different players, and um, the interviews are on our our channel. The all four of them said they didn't know what they were playing for going into the tournament. So, he, so look, I'm not saying who it is, but someone's obviously lying. You've got four players, or five including Wayne Warren, saying they didn't know what they were playing for before a dart was thrown. And you've got one saying he rung them all in early January before the tournament start. So, look, there's... There's holes in it. That's for sure. Oh. Whose holes? I, I don't know. And I'm I'm not in a position to, to say, but there's, there, there's certainly holes in it. it. There's,
4: yeah. There's one other line that confused us all as well. And look, there are probably people bit, out there that can... It's just the bit that we spoke about. Yeah. There are probably people yeah. out there that, that understand this a lot more because never kept up with it. Yeah. But there specifically states the trophies... Which was quite a big part of that, were owned by the counties. Now, part of that interview, he tells you that the counties and, and the, the members were BDO Limited, and the company that went defunct, and the professional side of the game is Enterprises. The yep. yeah, Enterprises went to the liquidators, and the trophies were sold on their behalf. So, if the counties own them, how do they move from Limited to Enterprises? Yeah, so the, like
2: the, the short answer is that 90% of it is smoke and mirrors and complete ass, and that it's really boring, but most of it is publicly available if, you, if you're if you happy to go digging enough, and you want to spend half an hour ploughing... I've been on Companies house.
4: house. I've done to dig it. I just don't know where they... Yeah. I've seen like... They said so, because, because... ...where they agreed to sell them, and actually I've seen the values that they've agreed... I think where is it at forty thousand pound. They are like one hundred and eighty grand or something potentially more with seventy grand worth of solicitor fees or or um, not solicitors
2: because he in- talks about them as separate entities. Yeah, and and that's all well and good them being separate entities, but all that actually means is that they both trade under a separate like company number. Yeah, but. I'm not, I I can't, to be honest, it's ages since I actually went and looked through it all, but potentially if one is used as a holding company for the other, then there's just, there's an awful lot of smoke and mirrors involved. And because of the way it was structured, it wouldn't surprise me in any way if one was used (laughs) as a holding company for the other, whilst they're completely different, separate entities. And I would, I would suggest that that's the structure in terms of a business, that's where you would look if you had multiple entities you would hold, you would have a, one acting as a holding company otherwise you'd end up with essentially your trustees having a financial stake in it, in in one of those and not others so that that without like refreshing myself fully that's where i think the murkiness goes and i, I don't know whether on his part some of the some of the phrasing he uses when he talks about the structure of the business I'm not sure whether it's – it's it's definitely either like that he's trying to swing a line and have us all believe something that's not quite as it should be, or he's really naive, and that could be the option. Like, I'm not saying that the man's out to, like, stitch everyone up, but if he's not – then he's incredibly naive and doesn't understand a lot of the things that he professes to talk about and, and would have potentially made his life a lot easier at certain points. If he was a bit more honest about being slightly out of his depth in terms of the structure of financial organizations.
3: Yeah, it, 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 it was a real, a real interesting one. And like we say, um, Sean Mack is our, he's our new correspondent. He's our WDF reporter for the week. Uh, Andy Barnes throwing bombs.
4: Nice. Flying. When he's on it, he's, he's mustard. We've seen yeah. that before from Barnes. Didn't he beat Yeller in both finals?
2: There we go. There we go. That's exactly as I suspected, Sean. Yeah. No, that, that's fine. It was just... It was the way he said it in the... And this is, and that's the problem. The way that he presents yeah. is like the and, and this is the pro. And, and that's why he's either like trying to present an image that isn't as it's very easy to log online and find out it isn't, or he's just really naive and doesn't understand like the details of the organization of of, of you know and, and and how they're financially structured. And, and it could be either one.
3: Yeah. Absolutely, it, it it was interesting. To do anyone know who won? The
4: Torre Molinos Open. Lee Stanley beat Jamie Hughes in the final. Great. So yeah, Jamie Hughes
3: then came back to play one day on the pro tour.
4: <laughs> yeah. Lee went back to play for Derbyshire on the Sunday. He flew with Andy Halton, <laughs> who then played for the seniors on the Saturday and Sunday.
2: Well, but... this is there was an I know there wasn't ask because they had to they had to clap on with the seven day package, didn't they, into five days because they'd managed to book it on a clash with brought all, all other darts and county it's events cool. all darts yes. all, all cool. county
4: for everything but the Premier League yeah ridiculous I I
3: don't understand Jamie Hughes' logic either he's a PDC tour card holder and he sacrificed one day of the pro tour to go and play in a Mickey Mouse tournament son
4: you don't get son like
3: that in Costa del Wigan do you I, I get that, but when you're a tour card holder, it's different.
2: It's yeah, I just don't I was it. in Wigan last week. Well, I was about ten miles away. The weather was ace. We well, lost. Um, I was going I was going to Bolton, it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. sorry, people from the north. <laughs> I consider that to be the south. I head south to go there. I've got to drive two and a half hours south to get to there.
3: That's still my favourite thing, driving on the motorway. It doesn't even say anything, it just says the North.
2: Not any towns or cities or anything. See, I don't think they should start those signs till past Leeds. Once you get past Leeds, that's
4: when you should start to get to the North. For me, it's just Nottingham, Yorkshire, the North.
2: (laughs) Paul Paul won the women's. Yeah. After seven buys, and... uh... Sorry. And, a, and a walkover in the final. I mean, <laughs> seven, seven, seven buyers in a walkover. Yeah, with the award someone else's trophy.
3: Right. Well, uh, we'll open up question time as well. And have we missed anything, boys, this week, or in the past seven days, or anything? We've done the seniors. We've done the pro tour. Done the Premier League.
2: Oh, it's all happened, though. I think we've rattled through it, though, haven't we? It's been loads going on. All right. Our pleasure my, our pleasure
3: buddy not a problem at all uh, look forward to seeing you in Portsmouth in a couple of weeks great to have him on yeah, yeah uh, that that is a good very morning. good one johnny yes we did forget this one um sadly uh it was announced on right. friday that Bob Potter passed away the owner of uh lakeside age 94. Years old, boys. um Even if you don't know him, you'd have seen him on many, many photos
2: of it, lakeside presentations. Huge impact, though, in terms of like you know, we we look at darts for what it is at the minute, and we look at PDC and what Barry's done, and you know, and but I don't think it can be understated the. You know, just if if, when you talk to people that have been into darts for a long time, and you ask them about their favourite memories and the things they've seen on the television, like somewhere around that, Bob Potter will have had a hand in it. (laughs) Like it, it, it's just um, like one one of the one of the last of the old guard, I suppose, in terms of you know what darts was and what it became. But yeah, it can't really be understated the the effect that he, he he. potentially had, and, and whether without him, the sport would be what it is now, I suppose. Look, this week so close isn't the time or the place, but
3: with his death also, there are a lot of questions now to answer as well going forward in regards to Lakeside, but look, we're not going to do them now, that's for a, a couple of weeks' time, um, but just the, the, the sad news around uh, Bob Potter's passing... Um, yeah, the Asian tour was back again. Didn't see a lot of it because I was on the Pro Tour stream, but it's just good to have the Asian tour back, boys.
4: Massively yeah, needed. We've new winners as well. There was, there was a, I think, someone posted a Twitter, a picture on Twitter that Malik them had gone five darts into the nine or seven into nine or something. That's good to see. Uh, we got three new winners on, on the Asian tour, which is massive. Um, superb for them. Uh, they were Ravendo Lubaton, uh, Ryan Conda and Reynaldo Rivera um, beating Lawrence Lagan, Nitin Kumar and Lawrence Lagan in the finals. Like, oh, that's not bad going at all. Like, we've been saying this for a while. We've been massively hyping up, deservedly acknowledging the role that the CDC are having in America right now and potentially establishing them as the next power to to produce dark players. and, and this is just going to show how important the Asian Tour is because there was a real quality on the Asian Tour before COVID hit and it and it got shut down. And we've still seen some of those players sneak into World Championships. Not, not sneak into, but we haven't seen an awful lot of them aside from those tournaments and they've still been able to compete. But actually being able to get back fully flowing on the Asian Tour is, is absolutely massive because there are some incredibly talented players out there. We've seen that in the past, and the more and more experience and opportunities they get to play Asian tour events and the pro tours and Florida, etc., the better steel tip darts will get will get in Asia. It's interesting as well, is to Because
2: I think as we move forward, like it is, it's you've got to believe it's only a matter of time before we start to see players from that tour coming over and making serious. Serious inroads into into events like Q School and looking at getting you know winning a card and playing on the on on the pro tour and and, and playing for the big money and the big rankings, so to speak. But it will be interesting to see just how because it, we know we know I suppose in quite a lot of detail the challenges that face, you know the players that 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 are on the tour from from North America, the Canadians, the Australians that have to make. You know, big, big decisions, big sacrifices. They have to potentially move here without a, you no, know, let's be honest, dance is not a guaranteed income. Like there, there is, there is some level to it. There is with sponsors and various bits and pieces. It's very difficult to predict how much you're going to earn in a year and then to make the decision to move to another country and to commit to renting houses and things. I, I, but I do think it's only a matter of time before we see some crossover from that, from that tour into the, um, into the pro tour,
3: yeah, I agree. Um, also cross border this weekend on the CDC. Looking forward to that very much. Um, it's just nice to see these associate tours now flourishing,
4: it really is. Yeah, and I guess look, we will try and cover them as much and as best we can. Look, we're, we're quite. Busy for everything else, but we'll, we'll pick them up and, and go into more detail about them as the season goes on. I mean, we've, we've missed the Nordic and Baltic as well. You had Cantelli picking up another title, uh, Vladimir Anderson picking up his first as well. Uh, some Tour qualifiers, Dennis Nielsen for Belgium, Jani uh, Lorilla for the Czech Darts Open, and Marco Cantelli for the European Darts Grand Prix as well.
3: Yeah Uh, agreed I've starred some uh, questions Uh, first of all this one not a question Uh, Jar is in the chat room hope you are good yeah Jar was planned to come and join me yesterday um, until some
2: stupid cricket game overran it's not like the hundred nah not the not the not the hundred the best form of cricket
4: everyone knows that yeah um, I mean, Gar and I are, are going to 100 finals day, but yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> are you really? Is, it? Is, he, is, is he going to that? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, well, did, you not, did
2: you not hear? Oh, I'll remind him of that next time he's on a rant about it. I'll remind him that he's pushing his money there way. No, 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 no. Not pushing money.
3: Did you not hear? He entered a competition to win it
4: tickets. On radio. It was on Radio 1 with Greg James. Sure.
2: Jarlath like, Eaton winning a radio competition. That doesn't sound
4: likely. <laughs> No, but he didn't win it originally I can't remember what the question was it, it was how many balls are there in a standard game of T20 or something you or, can only throw one at a time or 100 or whatever and the guy gave the answer as if it was one innings or something and Joe was like actually no it would be this and Greg's like don't try and win it on a technicality and then like Half the country messaging going. Actually, no, you've done him out of it So he got a message back going, "Yeah, you can have two tickets as well."
2: Brilliant. <laughs> well played. Well played, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, um,
3: yeah oh, Daryl no, Pilgrim was going mad with his averages again. Um, will Keen Barry make the match play?
2: Oh, I've been looking. I've in fact, I've actually got the match play race open on my screen right now, and I tell you what, you know. There are some quite big names that are going to have to pull up some trees. Like, Callan Rids is a mile away, as is Darrell Gurney. Mervin King, Big Vincent. Like, there are some players that are going to have to really, really
4: go Gurney? Yeah, Gurney's outside
2: at the
4: moment.
2: Yeah, Gurney's outside. What?
4: The match play race?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ridds, Gurney, King, Vandervoort, Suter, William. Lewis... Why are you, know, Danny, you well, Danny,
4: you're only looking at the main order of merit side because Gurney is outside, but he's also only £2,000 outside on the Pro tour order of merit and he's qualified for nine out of ten Euro tours? I don't
2: know. I just had a match play race open, I was just rolling down at everyone I who's think You're only green. looking at
4: the main order of merit in which Callum Ridge is 25th and 90 grand behind, but they're still outside though. But the question is, yeah,
2: do yeah. Do you- yeah. Keen Barry.
3: Do we Where think he's Barry? No, I don't. I just think there's too many players above him
4: that are playing well. Where is he? All depends on the orator, doesn't it? Every, everything depends on the orator at the minute because it is significantly weighted. What do you reckon, Dan? Because God, no. God loves this
3: one. Is Ryan Searle safe yet? Is Ryan Searle safe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's right. This this goes back to last year when me and Jar were calling him safe for months, and God wasn't having it.
2: Oh <laughs> yeah. yes, I remember these conversations. Yeah, that was mad. That Jack, you were you were.
4: It was bang heck- on, Brilliant. bang on the money line. Thank you very much. He was not safe until the very last event. Safe, then wasn't he? He was in.
3: Yeah, our, our, our projected title was right, and he was safe.
4: We right. win. Um. Have we dark green bow in the women's match play race yet?
3: Should certain broadcasters have more pundits on like Edmardo and Webster? I, I think it's a tough one, Morgan. Some some players and that don't trend don't go across particularly well. at and Webster have ended up being absolute
2: elite pundits and, and commentators. But not all make the transition. It's like any sport though, isn't it? You know, like there are certain footballers that will end up having careers as pundits, and there's others that you wouldn't want within a million miles of a microphone. And like dance is a sport like like that. You know, there are certain certain players that will, because of their personality and because of their knowledge and their and, and their intellect and, and you know that, that they will they will do quite well and but it's not for everyone, is it? No. No, it's,
3: uh, it's an interesting one. Um, one came up at the weekend, boys. And I want to get your opinion on it as well. Because at the moment, he's in the top 16 of the Order of Merit. But he's not having a good time at the moment. Will James Wade still be a seed come the match play?
2: Ooh. Uh. I just think it's impossible to predict anything with James Wade. because you just don't. Uh, every time, like he, he, the man, relentlessly makes a fool of me whenever I share a view on him. If I if I think he's going to be crap, he plays. Unbelievable and if I think he's going to be amazing, he, he he chucks in 81 and packs in half with like I I just not find the man very very difficult to predict at the moment. Now, the last couple of years have been a bit iffy, haven't they? Yeah.
3: Um Jar says it'll be fine. I I I had a quick look, he's not he's not defending an awful lot between now and the match play. So the ones would have to go and rip the spot from him.
4: Yeah.
3: Again, does James win a major this year? Not for me.
0: Nope.
3: This is an interesting one. Does Luke, Luke catch cross for the World Cup spot?
4: And how much cross keeps getting
2: fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. not. I mean, he's not on... He's not a mile away, is he? Like it, it's um 25, 20 grand. You know, 15 grand. It's about fifteen. It's, it's doable. It's definitely doable. Um when's uh, it cut off? What have we got between that? When what have we got? what, what major where we can pick up some big money? No,
3: it's Euro Tours and Pro Tours. That's, That's it. probably it's between that.
2: Nothing to happen
3: a Euro tour or something like that, could happen. Uh, yep, seeing Spiffy loving life in Vegas. Um, what else have we got? Um, will Keen Barry be captain of Ireland this? Year? I think. The, the, the captain thing is a little bit of a myth that I think that even if Keen Barry was ranked higher than William O'Connor, Keane would still say Willie's the captain. Yeah, but
2: I don't think he's gonna be ranked higher than him, is he? 20 grand difference at the minute between yeah. him. He'd have to pick up he's gotta pick up 20 grand more than Willie O'Connor does between now and the World Cup. So it, I mean it's unlikely.
3: Yeah. Um also, we didn't speak about it, but tickets for the Poland World Series literally raced out the door. Um like insane. On on pre-sale alone, they did not nine thousand tickets. Um, another good another good listen, um not bigging them up or anything like that, but it's Dan Dawson's chat with Matt Porter on the Dart Show pod. Well, it's more about Matt's background
2: and things like that. It was a really good listen. Oh, is it? While well, we're on good listens, then here's one for you this week. So I, I've done loads of dri- darts related. It's not just generally me telling you that I've heard a good song, but I've I've been doing loads of driving this week for work. So I picked my way, the middle class professional that I am, through some of the uh, last year of Desert Island Discs on the BBC Sounds podcast. And the Barry Hearn episode of Desert Island Discs, for, like, if, if anyone just fancies listening to, like, 45 minutes of crack with Barry Hearn, but whilst he plays you his favourite songs, it's highly entertaining. So it's basically Barry Hearn and Lauren Laverne, for those that haven't listened to Desert Island Discs before. Um Lauren Laverne interviewing Barry Hearn and having a chat about music he likes while they play. But it's a, it's it's on the BBC podcast. So it's a freebie, but highly recommended for something a little bit different to to listen to and find out a bit more about his childhood and his upbringing and what music he listens to and that sort of thing. Is he into Post Malone? Uh, no, his music, his music tastes are eclectic. Um, they're quite good actually. There's some interesting stuff in there. Um, uh, but just the interview itself is quite good because it, I mean, it's a desert island disc is a sort of like you know, very, very famous TV show. Oh, sorry, radio show. Um, but Barry's episode is, is particularly, uh, particularly fun. They, they do a good job with him. Yeah, look, it's never a dull moment with Baza, is yeah, it? Yeah, so he did have that. That was on there. That was and and he told and he, but he did. He talked through the background of when he bought the snooker hall and his first jobs as an accountant. And he did. It was it was thoroughly interesting. Um, like really bet. good show. His book, his book is a really good read as well. Yeah, it was just quite good that he'd sort of sandwiched it in with like talking a bit about what was going on in his life and then DJing some songs to go with it. It was it was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was um, no, it was it his
3: it, it, books are good and um as well. Right, last couple of questions then before we hit the sack for this evening. Looking at it, boys, the match play is not that far away now. No, it's getting close. Back to
4: Blackpool. Are we? Are we a football show tonight, guys? Are we? No. <laughs> In the absence of my good friend Bradley from Online Arts and uh, and Mr. Harland, Tug, where are you, pal? The tungsten toffs off. I literally don't know any other Leeds fans, it's probably better that way. Yes, I do. I've got one on Snapchat. <laughs> Here we go, then,
2: boys. There's loads of them on Twitter if you want to go and play with them.
0: <laughs> He's even at the game. <laughs>
3: Um, Love a bit of wrestling Uh, I haven't watched it yet John, need to watch it Steady Jar Five on the bounce Before we lost one Here's one for you Gob
4: Simple I guess I'd love to say it's what we're trained to do, but I have absolutely no experience of social media before we started doing it. Um, yeah, it's all right. Um,
3: absolute horseshit. That's what it was. Rob?
2: Yeah, they should be taken into the street and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd bring it back to me. I just have had enough with them. I have no patience whatsoever. I'd take them onto the local bandstand and birch them. Well, <laughs> enough do you
4: have only thing you need to know about where dad lives because no one else has a bandstand
2: you've got a bandstand you don't know, have a bandstand That's
4: so where does the know.
2: local brass band player then <laughs> get,
4: get rid yep. of him
3: we, we, we know gob is at the cricket for the first
4: day of the match play stupid <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so where's, the, where where's the cricket where's the cricket at Edgbuster, T20 finals day oh we're at both hey. this year we're at T20 finals day and the 100 finals day you make the evening session <laughs> not the, not the uh, same I was in two years ago Daniel
3: <laughs> uh, sorry Lendl I'm going against you for me the best night of the Premier League is Dublin
2: ah see that's an interesting view Phil only it's wrong because the best night of the Premier League is, of course, Newcastle. I <laughs> will tell you what, it was it was good this year. I, they, they did a cracking job. The Gallagher flags, the lads from behind the goal that do that. So the flags, they're all like fan funded. They, they have big fundraisers for them and uh, use those flags for the darts. I thought it was ace midnight. I was there as well, so it was good.
3: Yeah. Um, still one of the best commentary lines ever from the one, the only, Mr. John Gwynn.
2: Um The Sheep Shed. I'm going there next year, first time ever. Never been to right. exit a Premier League, but I'm going to exit in the Premier League next year. On the way to the UK, I'm guessing, yeah? Correct. a long way to come.
4: Sounds yeah, know like us. Part of the squad. That's Woohoo! Great.
2: Coming down. Uh, flying down.
4: I'm going to get... I'm get no struck. content from O-D for the next UK, by the way, because we're all just on the pits.
2: I'm going to fly down, get John to pick me up from Bristol Airport. Off we go. You do realise there's an Exeter
3: Airport. There's Exeter Airport that you can probably Yeah, find.
2: there is an Exeter Airport, but I can't get a flight there from where I am. I'd have to drive to London to get a flight there, I think. Fair enough. It's a complete... <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I can get a train to Edinburgh and go from Edinburgh to Exeter, but it's an arse on Exeter. Um, oh, you'll, you'll love the match play. It is the
3: best tournament in the calendar. Best, uh, as, a, as a
2: fan to attend, by
3: some way, the best one. Yeah, Oh, uh, Absolutely. Um, boys, we've absolutely smashed it tonight. Loves the live land this evening. Massive thanks to Luke for coming on. We wish obviously Mr. Boyce all the best in his continued recovery. He should be back next week. It's his birthday, be nice. Just say happy birthday, Lee. No, <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got a nice WhatsApp saying happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh... And to be fair, before we go, yeah, could you imagine, Sean and Oh, the PDC security would absolutely butcher
2: them. I don't think they'd have to. Like, if, if let's be honest, if someone's doing that at a Dats event, the security are going to get nowhere near. <laughs> and, uh, yes,
0: it'll and it'll, try it'll try already be table. very swiftly the ref- dealt with.
4: Another try, another table, and the referee's clattered. her. Could you imagine someone trying to get up in front of George or Russ? Oh, wow.
2: That's what. See what I really. The only. The only one I want like that. Maybe that is. Maybe it's something I do want to see because there's a strange part of me that wants to see Bevins Spear a a, a just a stop oil protester through the front row tables. (laughs) George Noble RKO out of nowhere (laughs) in his (laughs) leather (laughs) hood. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. That, we'll get another dark story in the Daily Star. That's what we'll get. How <laughs> have gone full circle to that? Yeah. Oh, yeah just power-bombed someone through the front row. Oh, <laughs>
3: uh, absolutely. <Ross> Bre- <laughs> We've descended into chaos. We've yeah. got Ross Bray doing it. the people's elbow.
2: Yeah, Rush Bray's just there half an hour later, refusing to let go of the sharpshooter he's got on a just-stop-oil protester.
4: <laughs> Dan, you know far too much about this. So uh, Dan, I'm a huge fan. You can come back killed. more often.
3: There's <laughs> plenty of knowledge going on here, and I'm all down for it. Now, look, right, everyone, thank you very, very much for your continued support this evening. It's been absolutely tremendous having you all on the Live Lounge. Remember, the Super Series Returns in the morning on the YouTube channel. Uh, so head over and watch that. We will have the full lap bar back this week with all the reaction from the Ahoy in Rotterdam, where Gerwin Price will win his fifth Premier League night. Um, right. But um, other than that, boys, it's been an absolute stellar night. Thank you very much. I've been Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Dan Simpson. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll be online darts, us signing out, and we'll see you all next week.